Welcome to the Abbott Loop Community Church Podcast. Enjoy this message from Josh Tanner. Today, we're going to talk about your favorite subject. We're going to do a series on your favorite subject. I know it's your favorite subject. <laughs> because, because. We're going to talk about authority, right? How many of y'all love going to the principal's office? Woo! I called one of our, one of the people in the church, uh, just this week, I, I called her great gal, right? Uh, and I, we call her just for some advice about something. My wife and I did. And we call her and she goes, you know, I don't know. It's so weird. The pastor calling me. I felt like I'm in trouble for some reason. <laughs> it was awesome. I just call it to get some advice. You know, I was like, but isn't it funny how we react to authority, what it does to us, Right? It, it triggers something. Uh, I, I've invited people, hey, uh, I want you to come meet me in my office. And they're coming in, they're all like, like dude, I, I, I just wanted to like say something positive about you. You know, it, it's funny how when you end up in an authority position, you see how that position um, affects people. And it, it's interesting, right? And so uh, how many of you guys ever feel that way? When you're talking to an authority figure or like, ooh, all of a sudden I'm just in trouble. Or you just assume you're in trouble when you're talking to an authority figure. And it might just be um, through, through damage that's been done, right? It, it could be through all kinds of things. We had, had a bad experience, you know? I've had a few bad experiences myself uh, dealing with authority figures. And then I've had a lot of really good ones. And so for me, um, I, I actually had this, and I think the Lord orchestrated this for uh, the assignment he gave me as a church leader, is that my pathway as I got saved, um, my pathway of leaders that I served under, I had great authority um, examples in my life. Not perfect. It's not that some of them didn't struggle. It's just that my journey didn't come through some authoritarian uh, example. I didn't get broken in the church regarding authority, thank the Lord. I feel like that's, I, I didn't do anything about that. I just went to the churches I felt God led me, led me to, and they happened to be great leaders or some, you know, good at least, <laughs> right? Not so bad that they messed me up. So <clears throat> I have this really positive view of authority, um, and, I, and I believe that God wants to shape the, the way we see authority as a church. It's very important. In fact, authority is one of the most crucial uh, pinpoints that, that we have to get that define the ecosystem of a healthy church. So it's one of the key elements that drive a healthy church, and it has to be alive, and it really comes down to how we see authority. Okay, so let's read a few scriptures, and then we're going to dive in, and you're going to love it in Jesus' name. Amen. Told you you're gonna like this one. Okay, so healthy spiritual leadership is central to the ecosystem of a healthy church. Healthy spiritual leadership is central to the ecosystem of a healthy church. Healthy leaders drive healthy churches, right? So let's look in and to find out some things about what the Bible says and God is establishing authority. Romans chapter 13, verse one. If you have a Bible, turn there. If you have a digital platform, go to it or Enjoy what we've provided for you on the screen. Everyone must, say must. Uh-oh, okay. Everyone must submit, ooh, everybody's favorite word. Just let it sink in a tiny bit. 
what? Okay, raise your hand if that feels bad. Be honest. Okay, yeah, good. Thanks for being honest. Okay, <laughs> you're like, oh, must submit. Oh, that doesn't feel awesome. Okay, we're gonna dig in to governing authorities. Must submit to authority. Yikes. For all, say all. All authority comes from, read it out loud. All authority comes from God. Oh my. Oh my, oh my, oh my. And those in positions of authority have been placed there by who? Okay. We're laying a foundation now, aren't we? Just want to let it settle in? Or you want me to keep going? <laughs> Just let it settle in. All authority is given by God. Everyone must submit to it. And all authorities are placed by God. Whew. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And they will be punished, or punished, as some of you say. <laughs> Sorry, that was a total Star Wars reference. It's super dumb. Okay. <clears throat> I did see Solo, and it was awesome. If you haven't seen Solo, I'm kind of a Star Wars nerd. It was very good. Okay. For the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. Would you like to live without fear of the authorities? Yes. So do what's right. Thanks, Pastor Dick. You're right. Do what's right. And they will honor you. The authorities are God's servants sent for you. The authorities are God's servants sent for your good. But if you are doing wrong, of course, you should be afraid, for they have the power to punish you. They are God's servants sent for the very purpose of punishing those who do what is wrong, so you must submit to them, not only to avoid punishment, to also keep a clear conscience. Okay, so before we go on to the next passage, I want you to think about this. What is authority? What is authority? I'm going to answer that for you today. We're going to dig into that today. But what is it really? And let's ask this one. Who created authority? God. Oh, no. Oh, no. God created authority. So is authority good or bad? Yeah, but do you always think it's good? In fact, be honest with yourself. If you see it as bad first and then have to rearrange your thinking to then try to get in alignment with what you know is right, there's something that needs to be shifted in what you see. Okay, so if I told you the spider is not dead, okay, what do you see in your mind? First, a living spider, and then you imagine it not alive. So you have to undo the thing that your mind puts in your, 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 your framework of your imagination. You have to rethink it, and then all of a sudden you're going to the spider's not dead. But if I tell you the spider is not dead, you're gonna be, if you don't like spiders, you could still experience fear because you imagine first a spider alive, then you have to convert it to be dead, okay? All right, this literally is, is like the way our minds think. Something gets put up in the imagery of your mind, like in your little movie screen in your mind. So when you think authority is bad, oh no, God says good, 
Then we get afraid of authority because we think it's bad. We don't initially want to submit to authority because we first see it as bad. And if we see authority as bad, we're going to be afraid of it or not want to be submitted to it and not see submitting to it as good. So then we're going to rebel. Now, I'm going to ask you this. Is rebellion good or bad? <laughs> You're busted. We are all busted. Okay, now here's another question. Do people use authority good and bad? Okay, so we know people use authority bad, right? Authority can be used bad, but it in itself is good. And who established it? God, who put leader, who gave authority to leaders? How many leaders? Some leaders? No, all leaders. Even bad ones. Okay. So God tells us, listen, this is going to be okay. Your job is to submit to all authority. No matter if you think it's good or bad. It doesn't say, hey, you evaluate whether authority is good or bad, then submit to it. Right? Hey, if you're so freaked out about authority, it's okay, don't worry about it. Just don't submit to it. You're gonna be fine. You're like, I'm freaked out about you, police officers. I'm gonna drive as fast as I want. <laughs> like, I get totally scared in kid zones, you know, school zones. I'm going 90 to get through them as fast as I can. Sometimes you and I are driving 90 through kid zones and we don't realize it because we don't love authority. We're not in love with the authority that God has placed on this planet. In fact, we dishonor instead of honor God's placed authority. And it says in all places, not just the church. And here's what we do. We like to omit the place we don't want to submit. You're right. You're like, okay, I'm kind of freaked out. I, I don't like the way mom and dad did authority, so boom, I'm checking them out. They're in the no, they're, they're in the no submit to authority list. I don't like the way my bosses did what they did, but we'll carve them out. Well, they're, you know, the bosses stink, so I don't want to be that. I'm just going to run my own thing or whatever it happens to be, right? And then we go, church leaders, they're no good. They make mistakes, and they've hurt me and stuff, so I'm carving that. I don't have to be submitted to them. I only have to be submitted to everybody, all the other governing authorities that God put, right? Or we get mad because a Republican or a Democrat or an independent gets elected to office and we're like, I don't like their policies, so I'm not submitting to them. I can dishonor them because they don't believe what I believe. It doesn't say if they believe what you believe or you like the way they live, you should be submitted to them. Let's just do it one more time. Everyone must submit to governing authorities for all authority comes from God. Authority is given by God. It's given for a purpose, not just so that you and I have someone else to boss us around. That is not the purpose of authority, or for you and I to get beat up and mistreated and misused. That is not the purpose of authority. It has a purpose. We're going to discover it today. So anyone, or God positions those of authority, he's, they're placed there by God, right? So verse 2, so anyone who rebels against that authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. Who wants to rebel against God? Is that going to work out for you? Big or small? I want you to think big and small. Sometimes we think the small things 
don't have the same consequences as the big things, right? So when I have an acorn in my hand, it becomes an oak tree when it's full grown. So the seed is the tree, right? So if there is a seed in my hand, it has the full potential of whatever it's designed to be and do. So if I sow a seed of rebellion in my life, in your life, in authority, then I'm planting a tree of rebellion, same consequences. Jesus looks at the people and he says, look, here's the deal. You lust, you've committed adultery in your heart. If you hate somebody, you've committed murder. It, the seed is the tree. The small thing has the same potential as the big thing. You and I don't get an escape clause because we go like, well, it was just a little bit of rebellion. Wasn't that bad. No, it's that bad. A little rebellion is as bad as a lot of rebellion. It just has greater or smaller consequences. I personally do not desire to be working against God. He established authority and he gave it. So now we get this opportunity to be in it and we need to discover what its great purpose is on the planet so we can par partner with God in authority. So the title of this whole series is called In Authority. We have to discover what it's like to be in it how do we thrive in it? How do we live in it? How do we uh, accomplish what God has called us to and the purpose and fall in love with and our faith gets ignited with the purpose of why God established authority and why he placed us in it. Amen? We discover that. We're gonna start to move. So let's look here in Hebrews 13, verse 17. Have confidence in your leaders. That sounds pretty good. And submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. Pray for us. We are sure that, uh, uh, we, are sure that we have a clear conscience and desire to live honorably in every way. There's a couple things in this is that, one, we're called to submit to our spiritual leaders, and it's for our benefit. When we submit to our spiritual leaders, it benefits us. God established it this way. And there's a, there's, there's a couple pieces in the dynamics here to make this really work is that Paul, is, or whoever wrote Hebrews, I kind of think it's Paul, but you know, it's kind of a mystery, but the writer says, pray for us. See, there's this relationship with those who are in authority and those who are submitted to authority is that we're working together and the, those that are in leadership carry a weight and a pressure that others that are not in leadership don't understand. And those pressures create other difficulties and problems. And so the people that are leading need the prayer and support of those who are following. And those that are following need to be submitted and trust and have confidence in the leaders that they are following. But all of this works, guys. It all works when godliness reigns. It, all, it only really works. Authority produces good fruit when godliness reigns. Not just by leaders, but by followers as well. We have to lift the tide, raise the tide of righteousness in our life. We do that by faith. When we have faith in what God has established, it ignites grace. It ignites the real power of God in our life because it is faith without works is dead. Amen? Come on. So if we do not in, engage in authority, 
we will not get its benefits. If we do not engage in submission to authority, in honoring authority, and then also authority, living with integrity and righteousness, and living godly lives, then we will not experience what faith produces, which is the good fruit of the kingdom. I'm going to say it this way. You will not participate in the power of God's presence and his promise of rest in the promised land if you do not submit to authority. You're going to miss it. You're going to miss kingdom activity on earth. You're going to go to heaven. You're going to be all like, what was I doing? God didn't make the body of Christ to be a bunch of lone rangers. That's not even Lone Ranger, but was that, what was that one? Bonanza, that's right. Those guys were kind of a team. I don't even know what Lone Ranger was. You're not made to be a Lone Ranger out there doing your own thing. There's no Rambos in this world. There's no one-man armies. You're not a one-man band, right? You ever watch a one-man band in the airport? Totally entertaining, but terrible music, right? You can't do it all. Great music comes through great partnership. You think about one of the most beautiful orchestras, may or music experiences you've ever had. It's when the, when the entire orchestra is submitted to the orchestra leader, right? And that, like, like if you listen to any of the most excellent ones, every part does its part by instruction. Each part submitted to the others and chiefly submitted to the leader. And that's how it all works and every harmony accents another one and then there's momentum and there's movement in music and that's how the body of Christ is designed to work. And this is the key. The key about authority is it creates movement. You might not have known that. Authority isn't about bossing things around. Without authority, the body or a team, an organization cannot move. They are paralyzed. It's as if you have arthritis just jacked up into every joint of your body. If you, are, if you don't buy into authority, there's no grease in your wheels, okay? Your arms, your ligaments, your, your fingers, all that stuff, it's frozen. You are literally a part separated unto yourself without buying in, in faith, activating authority in your life. Authority creates movement. Submission to authority creates movement. Radical submission to authority by a large group of people creates radical, dynamic movement. Guys, two-part harmonies are cool. Three-part harmonies are rad. Four, five-part harmonies are crazy. They blow your mind. And it's way more difficult. Any singers out there? It's more complex. There's more challenges because you can bump into the other person's lane. And you like bump in their lane and they both, oh, we both sang the same note. And it loses its dynamic exp exponential impact into the emotions of what you feel. The body of Christ works the same way. Without dynamic, radical submission to authority, we lose movement. We stop. 
We lose motion. We bump into each other. And we're now fighting against each other or pulling against each other. But this is why God has established leaders. He established leaders in the body of Christ to bring and channel healthy and godly authority so his body can move with radical, dynamic movement. Isn't that exciting? To me, that's exciting, but it's about what we choose to see. We have to believe God created authority, established authority for a purpose. He gives it out. He establishes leaders, and then leaders get to choose. Followers get to choose. How are we going to lead? How are we going to be led? How are we going to engage? Are we going to engage with a lack of righteousness? Are we going to now fall into the enemy's trap and see authority as bad? We see it as bad then we're never gonna submit to it. Then we're never gonna get its benefits. So let's look at the life of Joshua. Joshua's this really cool guy who has pretty much the best name in the whole Bible. (laughs) Sorry, all you Michaels and Debras and Jeremiah's out there. (laughs) All right. Just because I'm talking, that's the only reason it's the best one. All right. Joshua is this very, very interesting character. And I believe God just kind of set all this up to show us some things about leadership. And more than just leadership, it's about submission. Okay, so we see Moses out in the desert. Why, why, why did Moses and all those folks that came out of Egypt end up stuck in the desert? Here's my theory. They came out of oppressive, authoritarian, authoritarian leadership. Bad use of authority. They were slaves in Egypt. And they were being whipped and beaten and told what to do, and there was no partnership. It was all top-down, authoritarian, drive them into the ground, no care for them being led at all. It was all about the mission. We're going to build some sort of temple. Egypt's were like, Egyptians were like, we're going to build some monument to us, which had zero value to a Jew. The Jews are like, that's not even a God. You're not a God. There's one God. And we're building all this stuff, and you're just jackhammering us every day. And I'm watching my friends and family and people be oppressed and die. And the cries of Egypt and uh, of the Jews in Egypt went up to heaven, and God sent Moses to deliver a people. But their mindset was not shifted. They saw authority as bad and had a hard time submitting to Moses. When they led, in Mo- with Mo- they're like, they're like, Moses, oh, yeah, we're going to follow you. They go through the Red Sea. They're like, that was amazing. Make little altars. They keep going. Then they whine and complain. Every time anything happens and God delivers them, they whine and complain about it. And they struggled following Moses so much that there was this huge rebellion that rose up. And the guy's name is Korah. And God opens the stinking earth and closes it and shuts that rebellion down. Rebellion, over. (laughs) If you want to know how God thinks, how or feels about rebellion, think about the earth swallowing up Korah and all his minions. That's how he feels about it because of how destructive it is. God had a plan for his people to get them to the promised land. And through that, he would establish the law and he would bring his savior so we could all have a relationship. This was not gonna get messed up. But that people group had problems with their faith in authority and that God had established authority in a man, a regular person, God anointed. 
But see, what happens is they all wander around in the desert and aren't allowed to go through because of their lack of faith in God, trust in God, and trust in God's authority. So they wander in the desert until a new generation, which they call the Joshua generation, Joshua and Caleb, they really were the only ones in that generation that believed and had faith and were submitted. So God entrusted to them the leadership to go across the Jordan River into the promised land. And so what happens is, is that God puts Joshua on assignment. He says this to him when he has an encounter. He comes and he meets him. An angel meets Joshua in chapter 1, verse 5. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses, for I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I, that I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Come on. God establishes authority. He calls leaders to lead. He gives leaders specific assignments. He always has, and he still does. We see him give Peter an assignment, Paul an assignment, John an assignment, Titus an assignment, Timothy an assignment, Stephen an assignment. He gives uh, every person that's called to lead, he gives them a specific assignment, but it is in authority, not out of authority. See how he was in the authority of Moses? See, God gave authority to Moses and established a thing. And through that thing, he said, listen, you need to stay in that. And in that and submission to that, you will find authority to do the thing I put you on assignment to do. We have authority because we're in authority. God calls leaders to be on assignment to do the thing that he wants done. He gives them authority to create the movement to get the thing done. But if nobody submits to it, then the body gets paralyzed and there's no movement and we wander in the desert. <clears throat> What's it like when God puts a leader on assignment? Anybody ever been put on assignment by the Lord? It starts to burn in your heart and it becomes a load. It becomes a weight that must get done. And there's something that's really amazing that happens when people around you buy into that load, that assignment. Pieces of that weight begin to come off as others buy in and walk in submission to your authority and leadership. Movement begins to happen. Activity begins to happen. More people see what you're building and doing, and then more people buy in and submit and take a load. And then more people can see more people can move. More activity begins to take place. And when that relationship between leader-follower begins to, begins to be activated, all of a sudden the momentum in the kingdom through unity of faith, purpose, love, one heart, one spirit, one mind is what Philippians says. Paul says in Philippians, 
When we buy into that kind of unity in the body of Christ and it, our faith is not dead because it has action, we actually do the thing we're submitted in. That movement, that load from the leader begins to lift and that leader does not feel alone. And then the leader, his faith, her faith increases. And when their faith increases, everybody gets more out of that leader. But this all comes through honor. If you miss honor, you can't get submission. If you can't get submission, you can't get movement. But if you don't see that God establishes leaders and puts them on assignment, you will never, ever participate in the movement in the body of Christ. You will be that generation that didn't get to cross the Jordan. You'll be stuck with that Moses generation that sees authority as authoritarian leadership in Egypt. Oh, authority is Egypt. God didn't make the authority of Egypt to be the example of how you and I are called to lead. <clears throat> that was a bad use of authority. And you and I have to set a new example. And he gives Joshua these instructions. Live to the righteous example I gave to Moses. I laid it all out for you. Do that. Be a righteous leader. Listen to me. Obey me and you're going to prosper and all the people are going to prosper. And everywhere you go, he says, I will fight your battles. <clears throat> Listen, this is one of the promises is if you and I get in authority and we submit to authority and we find a leader who's on assignment and leading godly, then we get to allow and watch God fight our battles for us. But you won't see God fight your battles if you don't love and submit to authority. You'll fight your own battles and you'll wander in the desert and you won't get the opportunity to cross over. Joshua says to the people, this is what God put me on assignment to do. And in verse 16, they answered Joshua, we will do whatever you command us. We will go wherever you send us. We will obey you just as we obeyed Moses, hopefully a little better. And may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Anyone who rebels against your orders and does not obey your word and anything you command will be put to death. So be strong and courageous. See how they build up their leader? They go, we see you're on assignment. And we're submitting to your authority. This is when you know you're someone's pastor or you're their leader. And uh, Pastor Dick and Rick, my, my mentors and uh, fathers in the faith that led and discipled me, they say, you know, it, it is interesting. I can't make you my, uh, I can't make me your pastor. You do that. These guys didn't make Joshua their leader. I, I mean, uh, Joshua didn't make him their leader. They made Joshua their leader. So we believe that God put you on assignment and we're submitted to your authority and we want all the favor and blessing that's gonna come through your righteous leadership and us crossing the promised land. Could they guarantee that Joshua would actually obey God? No. Did they really know he was actually gonna do it all perfect? No. There was no guarantee. There's no guarantee your leader isn't gonna screw it all up. Is that scary, yes or no? Yes, that is scary. And that's why it takes faith. It takes courage. They say, Joshua, be courageous. But in the sense, they're saying, we're gonna be courageous with you. But if your leader is fearful and not courageous because he doesn't think his people are with him, is he gonna lead strong? Is she gonna lead strong? No. 
Will we ever get where God wants us to go if we don't lead strong? The answer is no, we're going to get stuck. But when we have confidence that God put us on assignments as leaders and that the people are with us because they're submitted to authority and they believe in authority, and it's not me asking you, like, oh, would you please be submitted to my authority? It would be so good if you did. That's weak and lame. But when someone says, Josh, listen, you're my pastor, and I know God put me on assignment here to serve the call that God put on this house, and I believe you are the one that God placed here to lead. And I want to build God's kingdom here. Tell me what to do. Woo! Now I can lean in. Because I have commitment. Because you don't work for me. You work for Jesus. And I go, oh, you work for Jesus now? <laughs> Woo! Now we can do something. Now we can move. Now we can move. God called the body of Christ to be movers and shakers, world changers to impact the world around them, to lead thousands, millions, now billions to Christ, to encounter his presence. And he called the church to be the most dynamic and powerful force of God's love on the planet. And that only happens when we see authority as good. It's given and created by God, and God's leaders are on assignment given and imparted to and, and, and established by God. And then we have the courage to step in, in faith, and lean in and give up our lives to the Lord Submitted to the leaders he put in assignment. When we do that, we will experience radical movement in the kingdom. It's on the leader to live righteous. It's not your job to manage that. Come on now. Take your hands off the wheel. In the name of Jesus. The Lord is rebuking you right now if you're putting your hands on the authority wheel and you haven't been put on assignment. Take your hands off in Jesus' name and allow yourself to be submitted to the authority that God has placed in whatever house you feel called to serve. And if it's this house, then it's me. And then it's the leaders that God gave me to put in trust, more authority to. And then you might be a leader that has been given authority, entrusted, and others will be submitted to you. Look, we all share part of the load. That's how it works. But God puts leadership into one leader, and then he distributes it from that one leader to other leaders. And it has concentric rings of effectiveness if we all live righteous and do the assignment that he called us to. But we have to honor one another in the process. When we do, we are truly trusting God. Because if we don't, we really are saying, God, I don't trust what you established. Do you see it? I think that's a big deal. That's a big deal. I want to be in authority. I want to be in God's authority. I don't want to be submitted to his authority. And you know what? In doing so, I want to experience the move of God. What does Joshua do? We see Joshua and all the people. It was a team effort of them all believing that God had called them to something great and being submitted to something beyond uh, bigger than themselves. And it was the assignment of God to move into the promised land. They crossed the Jordan. Because they obey, not because they had great ideas. Well, let's sit down and have a council about how we think we could cross the Jordan. We'll build a ramp, we'll build a bridge. They, no, God tells Joshua, send the ark in first with the priest. And he goes in, boom, the water's split. They're like, that's pretty cool. 
They see the miracle power of God in submission to authority, to God's instruction. And this is why leaders have to hear the voice of God, follow the voice of God. And followers, other leaders, following leaders, have to also hear that voice through their leader, submit and obey and move. And then they move across the Jordan. They go in and God gives them more instruction on how to take and siege Jericho. The city of Jericho was not sieged through might and power. It was sieged through submission to authority. And he says, I want you to walk around one time every day for six days, totally silent. So they walk around one time for six days, totally silent. Everybody obey. On the next day, I want you to get rowdy. And I want you to go around seven times, hooping and blowing horns and stuff. And then they blow horns. And on the, when the priest, after you go around seven times, do one long blast, then everybody shouts and the walls are going to come down. And they just did what God told them to do. And the walls came down. And the enemy's city was sieged. Listen, you and I are going to siege the enemy cities by submission to authority, by buying in, by seeing that it's established by God, that God puts his leaders on assignments, and that our desire and love and seeing that God's authority is good and us buying into its goodness and submitting to it then creates movement in the body of Christ. Cities begin to fall. This, this city is going to come to know Christ through a submitted, godly church that's in order. Not through a chaotic, rebellious nation. What happened to all the rebellious nations in the Old Testament? They're gone. They got collapsed. They were crushed. I say, let's be a city. Let's be a, let's be a people that's able to take a city because we see God's authority established for our benefit. See, when we submit to righteousness and authority, we get the benefit of that righteousness flowing through our whole church in exponential form. But if we speak bad and talk bad about authority, if we don't see authority as something that God gave, we're going to be working against that. We're going to see a crumbling of a church. God did not design our church to be diminished or fall apart. He shaped it to be strong. We have to build in his way, in his plan, and we have to love it. Everyone must submit to the governing authorities for all authority comes from God. And those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against God, what God has instituted. Whew. And I want to partner 1 Peter 2.13 says this. We don't have this passage up, but I have it in my notes. Is For the Lord's sake, submit to all human authority, whether king of head and state. Submit to all authority. You get God's benefit when you do. You might be here today, and you have been rebellious to authority. You've seen authority wrong. Because for whatever reason, probably really good reason. So don't hear a shame message today. You should be inspired today to shift because sometimes, and pretty much all the time, we see a certain way for a good reason because we got really hurt and somebody was really bad to us in some context of authority in our life. And we just need to shift that because that's not God's best for us. Amen? So let's pray. Father,
I just open my heart up to you. Come on, just open your heart up to the Lord. And, and, and just, if this is you, pray this with me. If your heart has been just uh, off track and you've seen authority as bad, just pray this with me. Lord, forgive me for seeing authority wrong. Forgive me for seeing authority as bad when it's something that's good that you establish. God, will you change my thinking? Shift my thinking now. And right now, that's what we're going to do. We're going to forgive some authority figures, okay? Right now, we're going to forgive those authority figures that were bad examples and caused us to have a wrong perspective. So, Father, in Jesus' name, I put that authority in my mind's eye right now that abused me, that hurt me, that mistreated me, and that was a bad example of your authority. And right now, I just put them in my mind's eye, and I choose to forgive them by your blood, by your spirit now. I release them from all their debts, from all their obligations to me. I release them in Jesus' name. And I just command that any spiritual attachment to this rebellion or this wrong seeing of authority would be broken over my life right now by the blood of Jesus. And God, forgive me for harboring bitterness towards these leaders and towards bad, uh, bad examples of authority. God, forgive me. And I pray you'd uproot bitterness from my heart. Come on, pray that. Just take bitterness out of my heart and help me to see authority as something good. Holy Spirit, reshape my mind. Renew my mind. Let me see authority as something that is good and established by you in the name of Jesus. Set me free. Fill me with your love. Help me to be submitted and, and, and to leaders that are on assignment from you that live righteous and to see authority in faith with good deeds. God, I would be submitted to those authority figures. And really, Lord, I'm submitted to you. I submit my heart to you. Come on, maybe something else has become the Lord of your life. And the Lord Jesus needs to be in first place. See, when he's in first place, it's easy to submit to authority. Jesus, I put you in first place in my heart right now. And I trust you. More than I trust leaders, I trust you, Jesus. I trust you with my heart, with my life. And I fully submit my heart to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at abbotloop.org and like us on Facebook. Services in Anchorage, Alaska are at 9 and 11 a.m. We hope to see you soon.